Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Well, today's a good day to be in church, amen? Amen. It's exciting to see what God is doing, not only here in Concord, but in Davidson. Come on, church, can we just welcome our Davidson campus and all that God is doing there? It is so exciting. Pastor Zach and his team, they are, they are just killing the game. Two, two Sunday morning services every week, and as well as a Monday evening service there in Davidson, loving Jesus and changing the world. We're so excited about what God is doing in Davidson. And then also one of our, our, our biggest growing influences right now is our online uh, viewership. Over, over 2,000 people last week alone, and uh, uh, literally around the world. And I know that there's, a, I know there's about 80 senior citizens in Washington, D.C. from our church church right now that are watching online. So can we welcome our online viewers today? And last of all, last of all, I'm really excited about our newest venue that we have, and that is our Adult Teen Challenge. They join us for our service each and every week. Can we just tell them how proud we are of what God is doing in their life? Guys, we love you. We're believing the best for you, and we believe that God is doing a great work in and through you. Amen. It's good to be acknowledged, right? I mean, you, you went through all that work to take a shower today and, and you know, get all dressed up. It's, it's nice when people acknowledge uh, that you're here. I know uh, a few weeks ago I was uh, sitting in the Lazy Boy in, in my living room, and I was uh, just kind of enjoying the calm before the storm. If you have a four-year-old, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, so I was sitting there eating my cereal, and I, I heard the, the bedroom door open, and I heard little feet running out, and uh, I thought, okay, here comes Hendrix. And uh, so I, I put the cereal to the side, and I got ready, and he comes around the corner, and he looks at me and he says where's mommy and I'm like what do you mean where's mommy daddy's right here I said come here boy come get in my lap and he comes over and he gets in my lap and he he, he cuddles up to me and he says where's mommy and I what do you what do you mean where's mommy come on daddy at least say good morning daddy come on at least. and he says where's mama at and and I said okay okay I said with well, Hendrix mommy's at the hospital she's praying with with somebody they're having surgery today and so so she's not here right now and and if you have a four-year-old you know what I'm talking about that when you give information like that it basically sets off this just deluge of questions so of course he wants to know what's their name um uh, are they going to get a shot um are they going to die? You know, um, all, all these questions. And, and, and so I, I basically look at him. I say, well, listen, son. I said, you know, due to HIPAA regulations, I'm not allowed to <laughs> share all the, not allowed to give you any more information, you know. And just use that excuse to kind of cut off all those questions. And, and you, you know you do it, too. And we all come up with excuses. Uh, it, once you've read Pete the Cat and finds in uh, his red shoes, once you've read Pete the Cat and his red shoes about 90 times, you're going to find an excuse not to read that, that thing again. But the thing is, Christians, we want to at least have, have excuses that are true, right? We don't want to lie to our kids. But you want, you want to, and so what I found is there's a really good excuse that I'm sure everybody in this room has used before. And it simply goes like this. It just simply, you say, I'm in the middle of something. 
Right? So when, when somebody wants you to do something and you don't want to do it, you, you don't want to say, I don't want to do that. You, you don't, so you just typically say, I, I'm in the middle of something. For instance, if a telemarketer calls you and they say, hey, I would like to sell you some, uh, in, uh, some uh, warranty for your insurance on your vehicle. Um, would, you, would you like to extend your warranty? What do you say? You typically will say, I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of something. I, I, can't, uh, I can't talk to you right now. Or, or, or maybe uh, there's a, a person in, you know, in one of your classmates in, in college and they're asking you out for coffee, and, uh, but you know what they, in their mind, they're really wanting to go on a date, you know, and so you're like, I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of something, I can't, I can't do, I can't do that right now. We, tip, we typically use that line uh, because it's true, because we're always in the middle of something. You guys are in the middle of church right now. I'm in the middle of preaching. I'm in the middle of breathing right now. There's all sorts of things that you can say, I'm in the middle of doing, and, 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 and some of you in this room right now, you, you're in the middle of buying your first house. Some of you guys are in the middle of getting ready for graduation. Anybody graduating next month? All right, all right, come on, give them a hand. Got some people graduating. They're in the middle of that. For those of you that aren't graduating yet, but you're in the middle of finals. Anybody in the middle of finals? Yeah, you're in the middle of something. Maybe some of you guys are in the middle of your first marriage, hopefully your last marriage. You know, you're, you're, in, you're in the... You're, you're in the middle of it. Maybe some of you are, are in the middle of dealing with, with an addiction. Maybe you're in the middle of, of going through a divorce. Maybe you're in the middle of fighting depression. We're all in the middle of something. And, and, and that statement is so true. But what I hope it, by the end of this sermon today, I hope that anytime you hear someone say, I'm in the middle of something, or you, you hear yourself say, I'm in the middle of something, I hope that you will remember this message today. So would you t- turn to your neighbor and say, I'm in the middle of something? I'm in the middle of so turn turn in your in your Bible uh, in your scriptures to Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 1 Ezekiel 37 verse 1 and it says this it says the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley it was full of bones he led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley bones that were very dry. So what we see here is that the Spirit of the Lord has brought Ezekiel to a valley of bones. Sometimes we can get the wrong theology and think that the Spirit of the Lord will only lead us beside still waters. But if you read on in the chapter of Psalm 23, it also he does lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. And in this moment right here, what Ezekiel, what has happened with Ezekiel is that the Spirit of the Lord has taken and brought him to a valley of not just of bones, but of dry bones. And if you'll imagine with me this picture, and I, I have some, some bones here to kind of help us with the, the illustration today. That's kind of creepy. Um, I'm going to turn him towards you guys over there. Imagine with me what is going through Ezekiel's mind. I'm going to put him towards you guys over there. I mean, I think there's a femur left in here. I really don't know what a femur is. Anybody know what? It just sounds, this, this could be. Google it, prove me wrong. There we go. Get all these bones out here. So what we see is, I would have had more bones, by the way, but I didn't realize digging six feet was, uh, was so hard. So some of you got it, some of you guys did. But, but 
what we see with Ezekiel is this, is that the, the spear brings the prophet Ezekiel and he drops him in the middle of these dry bones. And one of the things I find interesting is that, that the spirit didn't take Ezekiel and drop him off on a mountain to overlook a valley of bones. He didn't take him to the edge of a valley of bones and say, hey, look at that, that valley of bones. The Bible says that it took him and put him right in the middle of the valley of bones. And then it says it took him on a tour. You see, you see, being in the middle of something is a whole lot different than being on the outside of something. Failure feels a whole lot different when it's your failure than it's my failure. Being in the middle of something causes us to view things differently. And what the Spirit of God wanted was he wanted Ezekiel to feel this failure. You see, these bones represented an army that had been defeated. This, this valley of bones represented a place of loss, a place of pain, a place of failure. It wasn't just a valley of death. It was also a valley of disgrace because to, to, to the Jewish people, an unburied body was a disgraceful thing. So here we have this prophet, and he's in the middle of all of this loss, in the middle of all of this failure, because he, the Spirit of God wants him to feel it. He wants him to, to know it. You know, um, whenever I think about my being in the middle of something, I think about the way I feel it. You know, um, whenever I, uh, I have a little bit of Three Stooges. Anybody like Three Stooges? I, there, yeah, there we go. There, yeah, there, yeah, there's Curly right there. Yeah, yeah. it's not, it's not, I, I am. So, uh, but you know, I have a four-year-old, and whenever, whenever he sees somebody fall, or he sees somebody trips, he laughs. He thinks it's funny. But if he trips and falls, he cries. Why? Because it, it, when you're in the middle of it yourself, it feels a whole lot different. Right? And, and that's what's happening here. You know, uh, whenever somebody else's kid is messing up in the restaurant, I tend to, tend to laugh and say, oh, wow, look at their kids messing up. But when my four-year-old is acting a fool, I, I get a little bit upset. Because it, it feels a whole lot different. When you lose your job, it's bad. When I lose my job, it's devastating. It feels different when it's your own. And so he wants him to feel this. I think it's interesting, too, that he puts him on tour. The Bible says that he doesn't just set him in the middle, but he takes him up and down the valley so that he can see the whole thing. Can, how, how many of you, you've been in the middle of something so long that you feel like that you've kind of, you've, you've been on tour for that thing? You, you've been to Northeast Hospital so long, you actually know which parking deck you're supposed to park in. Because I get lost every time I go over there. Maybe, the, maybe you have found out more about opioid addiction than you ever thought you would ever want to know because now all of a sudden you have a family member that's in the middle of it. Maybe you've read more books on marriage than you thought you would ever read because all of a sudden now your marriage is in the middle of it. Maybe, you, maybe you're at a place where you've learned more about unemployment benefits than you would ever want to know because you've never been without a job this long. Maybe you've learned more about ovarian cancer than you've ever wanted to know but, but because now it's not that you're just in the middle of it, but, but it's like you've been there a while and you've been getting a tour of the place. But see, here's the thing. God didn't bring Ezekiel to, this, to the middle of this valley in order to leave him there. He brought him to the middle of this valley because he wanted to show him something miraculous. And what I want to discuss with us today, what I want us to share with you today is that God is wanting to raise something up in the middle of something today. Whatever you're going through today, God is wanting to raise something up. The first thing that God is wanting to raise up is faith. Verse 3, he says, it says this, He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, 
you alone know. Now, when I first read that, I thought, well, that's, that's kind of like, he's, he's kind of, you know, giving a non-committal answer there. You know, it's kind of like whenever your wife asks you, do you want to go to the mall? You know, you can say no, or you can say, Lord, only thou knowest, you know, <laughs> right? And, and so, it's kind of, but, but he's, not re- he's not really, this is, really isn't a non-committal answer. This is actually the, the perfect answer because what Ezekiel is saying in this moment is he's saying that, God, you are the only one that gets to decide whether or not this is the middle or the end. You are the only one that gets to, dis- to determine whether this is the end of a story or the middle of a story. He says, God, you are the only one that knows whether or not this, these bones can live again. Therapists will tell you this. They'll tell you that in a relationship, that that relationship begins to end the moment one of the people in the relationship believes the other person cannot change. That in your relationships, in your situation, if you do not believe that there is the potential for life, if you don't believe that there is the potential for good, if you do not believe that there is the potential for change, then you will not act right or speak right. It's important for God, God, it was important for God to know that Ezekiel saw that there was the potential that God had the power, that he had the authority, that God was able to raise something up in the middle of this valley. And that's why he asked this question. I love it because God knew the answer. He didn't need, he wasn't looking for information. God wasn't asking this question because he really wasn't sure. God was asking this question because he wanted to know that Ezekiel believed that there was potential in this valley for life. He wanted to know that Ezekiel believed that things could get better. You see, when you see these bones right here, you can either see remnants of the past or you can see building blocks of the future. And in your life right now, when you look at the landscape of your life, some of you, all you see is failure and all you see is pain from the past and you think that nothing good can come from this. But if you will look at that landscape of dry bones and you will believe that God is able to take that which is dead and to raise it to life again, to believe that God is the only one that gets to declare whether it's the end or the beginning. If you're in the middle of something today, I want you to know that God is at work and God is still able to bring life. Amen? Because if you don't see things the right way, you're not going to speak the right, the right way. And so it was important for God to know that Ezekiel saw these bones as having potential so that he could move on to the next step, which is to provide a prophetic word that's rising up in the middle of something. Verse 4 says, Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You see, now that Ezekiel has been put in a place to where he sees the landscape of failure, and where he sees the landscape of loss, but yet he believes that there is still potential. He still believes that God is the only one that gets the last word. He says, okay, so now that you have the right perspective and you have the faith, I want to give you something to say. And verse 7 says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. It's not enough for you to speak to your situation. Some of us have been running our mouth long enough. It's not enough just to speak to our situation. It's time for us to speak as he commands us. Can I tell you that there's never been a marriage that got better because you kept telling everybody how bad it is? 
There's never been a kid that came back to the Lord because you told everybody what an awful sinner they were. Can I tell you that your job will never feel any better on Monday morning if you spend the whole week talking about how you cannot, um, um, uh, how, how that you hate your job and, and you wish that Monday would never come. When you speak about your job, how you speak about your marriage, how you speak about your situation, how you speak about your addiction, how you speak about your depression, how you speak about your sickness, it will determine whether or not it will be life or death. The Bible says life and death are in the tongue, and what we need right now is a church that will show the world how to speak in the middle of something. Too many times when we look around at our culture and all the things that are going politically, all the things that are going on in our, in our culture racially and economically and all those things, it's very tempting for us to get caught up in the conversation and speak the same way that the world speaks. But what we need is a church that will begin to speak as we are commanded to by the heart and by the mind and by the love of Christ. Amen? To speak as we are commanded. Because how you speak in the middle of something will determine the outcome. I, I know that um, uh, when, when Brandy and I were going through our, our, our 16 years of, of infertility, there were times where it was a major stress on our relationship. It was a stress on our faith, not only with one another, but our, our faith and our relationship with God. It was, it was something that was a valley of dry bones. It was, it was failed adoptions. It was failed opportunities. It was disappointment here and there. And, and things began to be, they began to weigh down on us. And I'll never forget the moment that my wife looked at me and she said, if we never have kids, it's okay. Our marriage is enough. Because God has a plan for our marriage that's different than what anybody else has. That God wants to do something through our marriage and in our family that is different from everyone else. And when she began to speak life, can I tell you that our relationship began to be restored? Because there wasn't, there wasn't talk about how things are going wrong, but all of a sudden we began to talk about what God could do and the possibility and the potential in the middle of the valley. If you're in the middle of something today, can you just begin to speak and prophesy as God commands? Amen? Speak healing in the middle of those treatments. Speak words of purpose in the middle of your unemployment. Speak words of joy in the middle of anxiety. Speak restoration in the middle of your separation. Let's be a people that speak the way God speaks and sees things the way God sees things in the middle of something. Amen? Amen. And the third thing is that God is raising up an army in the middle of something today. Verse 7 says, And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. A rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, feet a vast army. I want to draw your attention to the last part of that message, of this verse, and that is that what, what rose up in the middle of that valley was a vast army. You see, after Ezekiel saw the potential and started speaking correctly, God, excuse me, God started raising up an army in the middle of the valley. This valley of death was now a valley of potential. It had become an army that was awaiting orders. It became a weapon that was going to be used by God against the enemy instead of a weapon of the enemy that was going to be used against you. When you begin to speak God's words of grace and truth, victims will become victors. Your mess will become your message and your test will become your testimony. Can someone say amen today? 
God wants to raise up an army in the middle of your situation. God wants to take what you're going through today. And he wants to use it for his glory. Genesis tells us this. It says that what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. God wants to take what's going on, whatever you're in the middle of today, and he wants to raise it up as a weapon, to raise it up as an army. You see, there are, there are more than one reasons to have an army. One of the reasons to have an army is to defend and protect what you already have. But there's also a reason to have an army, which is I want to advance and I want to expand my territory. See, it's one thing for you to believe, you know what, I believe my marriage is going to make it. It's another thing for you to believe that my marriage, we're going to become a power couple for the kingdom of God, and we're going to advance the kingdom of God through our marriage. That's an army rising up in the middle of your marriage. It's one thing for you to believe that your kid's going to stay in church. It's another thing for you to believe that your kid is going to plant churches in Asia. You see, that's the difference in the situation and believing for the future. Believing that God has a plan, that God is raising something up in the middle of your situation. You say, well, how can God use what I'm going through, through in, in the middle of my cancer treatments right now? Can I tell you that maybe God has positioned you in the Levine Cancer Center right there at Northeast because there's someone that needs your testimony, they need your smile, they need your joy, and God wants you to take what the enemy has meant for good and use it as an opportunity to bring life into a place with need, that needs some life? to bring some hope into a hopeless place. God wants to raise up an army in the middle of your situation. See, God doesn't just want you to hold on to what you got. God wants to multiply you. God wants to expand your territory. God wants you to stretch out and to, to, to see a greater work done in and through your life. There's an army rising up this morning. We sang a song towards the beginning of this service called Here Again. The very first verse of this song says, can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring, but I know here in the middle is the place where you promised to be. And then later in the bridge of that song, we all sang together. Not for a minute was I forsaken, because the Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. And if we're not careful, when we look at that bridge there and we see the words, this place, we will think that he's talking about a geographical location. We'll think that he's talking about 150 Warren C. Coleman Boulevard, this auditorium that you're sitting in right now, or the theater that you're sitting in there in Davidson, or the Teen Challenge Center that you're sitting in. You will think that he's talking about a geographical location. But if you really look at the words of this song, and you remember verse 1, what you realize is that he's talking about the middle. That the Lord is going to be with you. He's going to be faithful. That he's going to, to send his Holy Spirit to raise up dry bones in the middle. In the middle of your situation today, God wants to speak life into that. That he will be faithful to bring life to those situations. We said at the very beginning of this, this sermon, I, I said it's really good for us to acknowledge when someone is present. In the same way that I wanted my son to acknowledge my presence in that moment. The same way that I tried to acknowledge your presence in this room. Can I tell you that it's time for you in the middle of something today to realize that he is right there in the middle of your situation. The same spirit that brought Ezekiel, get this, the same spirit that brought Ezekiel to that valley didn't just drop him off and leave him. 
the Spirit of God that brought him to that valley stayed there and told him what to say. The same Spirit raised up that army. The same Spirit brought life to that situation. And I can tell you today, no matter what you're in the middle of today, He is wanting to raise something up today. He wants to bring new life. He wants you to know, is there somebody that can stand this morning and acknowledge that the Lord is in this place? The Lord is in this place. He's never left you. He's never left you. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He is faithful. Come on, declare it. stories and, and I love reading them with my son and but there's one thing about Bible stories is sometimes you know I, I wish they were a little bit different sometimes they will give us the beginning of the story and they give us the end of the story and they don't tell us much about the middle of the story you know it's kind of like Noah we see Noah, and we see God tell him, hey, there's going to be a flood. I want you to build an ark. And then we see, we see him loading animals into the ark, and we forget that there was 100 years between those two points. That's a long time to be building an ark that no one has ever seen before. That's a long time to be stepping out of faith and doing something that no one's ever done before. That's a long time to be stepping out in obedience to, to, to the one that no one has even never seen before. In fact, that everyone, the Bible says that he was going to destroy the world, the world because everyone had an attitude against God. And yet here he is, Noah, in the middle of this for 100 years, spending the whole middle doing his work, staying faithful, building the ark. And I can just see it when people come to him and they say, hey, why are you, why are you building that ark? Why are you doing, hey, you've been doing this for 50 years. There haven't been any rain yet. How long are you going to keep building that ark? I can just hear Noah turn to them and say, hey, excuse me, guys, I'm in the middle of something. I'm in the middle of something. There, there, there's, there's some of you in this room, the enemy's telling you, hey, how long are you going to keep praying for your kids? How long are you going to keep believing for a miracle for your marriage? How long are you going to keep believing for a new job? How long are you going to, he's, he's trying to tell you all this stuff. I want somebody in this room that just turn around and say, I'm in the middle of something right now. I, I believe all across this room today that there are people that are in the middle of something. You are in the, you're, maybe you're going through the middle of sickness. Maybe you're going through the middle of taking care of a family member. Maybe you're going through unemployment. I want you to know that God is wanting to do something. And what he's asking you today, what he's asking of you and of me, is to see these dry bones differently. To not see them as the end of something, but to see them as the beginning of something. To not see them as something that is a, a place of disgrace, but it's going to be a weapon that is going to be used against the enemy to advance the kingdom of God. 
He wants to change our perspective. He wants to change the way we talk. He wants to change the way we walk because he wants to raise something up in the middle of something today. I wonder right now in the middle of this place, in the middle of what you're going through, can we just sing this song one more time? And can we just lift our voice and declare that in the middle of your circumstance, in the middle of your situation, the Lord is in this place. His anointing is in this place. His presence is in this place. Come on, let's declare it one more time. reading this passage of scripture in Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 12 through 14. This is what the Spirit of the Lord told Ezekiel to speak to the nation of Israel. The, the nation of Israel was represented by the, the dry bones and this is what he is speaking to them and I believe it's what God is speaking to some of us in this room today that you're in the middle of something. Maybe your marriage is in the middle of something. Maybe your kids are in the middle of something. Maybe your job's in the middle of something. Maybe your education, you're in the middle of something. I want you to, to hear the word of the Lord for you today. It says, my people, I am going to open your graves. I'm going to bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know, you will know, you will know, you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and that I have done it, declares the Lord. Is there somebody that believes that God can do something in the middle of something today? Come on, let's rejoice in the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.